Hey, I'm Alan Seppenwall. I'm the chief TV critic for Rolling Stone, which is a fancy way of saying that I watch TV for a living. But there are so many TV shows being made now that even I can't watch all the ones I want to. But what if you didn't have to binge an entire series? What if you just looked at the very first episode of a show you'd never seen, and then the very last? Would you feel like you'd gotten a complete experience, or would you be completely lost at the end? Well, there's only one way to find out. Welcome to a new episode of Too Long, Didn't Watch. Today, I am very pleased to welcome by far the most swole guest we've had on the podcast so far. You may know him from Silicon Valley, The Big Six, Stuber, The Lovebirds, from his terrific quarantine podcast, Staying In with Kumail and Emily, or just from his buff Instagram photos. Kumail Nanjiani, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Good? Uh, you know, as well, as well as any of us are doing in the middle of all this. Sure, sure. You're in New York, right? I'm in New Jersey. So um, we've already sort of gone past the curve and seem to be doing a little bit better at this point. Well, we just hit number one in the country. So that's, you know, that's what you want. You want to celebrate being number one. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, popping the champagne a little. So what have you and, and Emily been watching during the quarantine? Well, it was interesting. We finished Leftovers at the beginning of quarantine. And if you had asked me, I would have said that that was two years ago. So right now, we are currently, we we just started watching Sopranos. We're only a few episodes in. I hear that show's good. It's very good. So I will be using the word agita a lot. So get ready for that. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, We started watching Devs, which I've been really enjoying. Um, We're watching a show called Avatar. The Last Airbender. To oh, sort love of it. Mix it up, you know, a little yeah. bit. We're sort of trying to spread it around and based on our mood, have have different things to watch. And then on the weekends, we, we watch a bunch of movies. Now, it's funny you mentioned Leftovers because we recorded two podcasts in person right before the quarantine happened, one of which was The Leftovers. And that also, to me, feels like a million years ago. And I'm trying to imagine wanting to dive into that show right now in the middle of all of this, whether it would be too upsetting or whether it would be kind of cathartic. Like, have you started leaning away from darker stuff during this? Well, it's been interesting, you know, so in the beginning, I was certainly leaning away from darker stuff. I still have a post-vaccine list of entertainment <laughs> I'm going to get to, <laughs> movies and video games. I'm like, as soon as I get a vaccine, I'm going to get The Last of Us too and get right into it. Uh, so definitely have that. But what I've found recently is I've sort of gone through phases um, with movie watching and I'm finding that um, when I watch something really dark, I feel emotionally engaged, but it doesn't have that effect because I think it's that 10,000 hours of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of, of, of whatever, whatever this is. I think I've gotten like good at, I've gotten good at it. So I've actually found that the darker stuff now at this point in the quarantine, I'm sort of going back to. So what show are we going to watch today, Kamel? Let's watch Veronica Mars. I've never seen it. Is there a reason you didn't watch Veronica Mars when it was on back in the mid-2000s? No, it's just one of those shows that kind of escaped me, you know? Uh, when was it? When did it come out? I don't even know. It was know. 2004 like, to 2007. Wow. No, I, it's just one of those that I that it never, you know, I'd heard a lot about it. To be honest, I don't remember much of 2004 to 2007. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, th- th- no reason. I just never got to it. Okay, so do you know anything about it before having watched it? From what little I've gathered, and I know that it's sort of, I know a little bit that there was another movie or a new season or something. From what I gather, it's uh, Kristen Bell trying to figure out who killed her mother. 
that's the little bit that I know that she's in high school and she's like a sleuth. Who's, okay. Who's, and it's it's a uh, her mom got murdered. All right. Well, we'll find out in a moment if you're right. Here's what I can say before we start watching. Like I said, it debuted in the fall of 2004 on the UPN network. Do you remember UPN, Kamel? I do have a vague memory. <laughs> Name one other thing on UPN. Star Trek Voyager, Homeboys in Outer Space. I, I can go on a while. I had to review a lot of <laughs> UPN shows early in my career. <laughs> I've never heard of Homeboys from Outer Space. Uh, it was not. It was not good, as the title might suggest. Um, <laughs> Veronica Mars is easily the best show in the short history of the UPN network. It was created by Rob Thomas, a high school teacher turned TV writer. He had originally conceived of Veronica as the heroine for a YA novel, but after he got uh, entrenched in Hollywood and was working on Dawson's Creek, he realized he should try to do it as a TV show. It ran for two seasons on UPN and then a third on the CW which is the network created when UPN and the WB merged. Uh, it helped make a star out of Kristen Bell, whom you mentioned, and it was so beloved that it was revived multiple times, which we'll get to in a bit. So are you ready to go back to the days of the United Paramount Network and Suzuki Sidekicks? Suzuki Sidekicks? Are you just, like, cold-pitching me shows right now? <laughs> it's the old phone that you hold sideways and the screen pops up in front of you, like, while you're d using your thumb for it. Yeah, I was definitely very late to cell phones. Very, very late. I thought when you said Suzuki Sidekicks, you were naming another show on UPN. I was <laughs> like, wow, sounds like a bunch of winners. Oh, my God. I, remembering some of the stuff on UPN, I would not put it past it. But in this case, we are going to be watching Veronica Mars. So let's get into the pilot. Sister, the only time I care what a woman has to say is just a bunch of oohs and ahs, you know? So it's big, huh? Legend. Listen, I know he's supposed to be a bad guy, but I, I don't mean, think say, that I'll line makes it into a show of this tone today. Probably not. Veronica, why does trouble follow you around? Quite a reputation I've got, huh? You want to know how I lost my virginity? So do I. Wow, so this gets pretty heavy. Yep. Wow. She did. It turns out it was your basic rum, Oof. coke and Rufy. Wow. I never told my dad. And what does it matter? I'm no longer that girl. I'm no longer that girl. This. That's great, right? I used to be cool. When? He's always good, this guy. Yeah, Rico Colantoni. Tonight, we eat like the lower middle class to which we aspire. Fire up the bocce. Really a lot of upstairs, downstairs stuff going on on this show, huh? Yep, yep. A lot of the scenes from the class struggle. Wrong the bad guys on the show are like really bad. Yes. I mean that's that's a pretty intense thing to do for a high schooler. Yeah. In front of God and everyone. I used to think I knew what tore our family apart. Now I'm sure I don't. But I promise this. I will find out what really happened and I will bring this family back together again. Wow, so they really set up like her well, mission, you know which say. is figure Monica out Mars. who killed her best friend, figure She's out where her mom is, and figure out who sexually assaulted her. Um, and it's very smart because they said, and bring this family back together so that there's like sort of a higher goal than just figuring out these 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 other things. It's, it's like, an, you know, hooks you in emotionally to a quest. The pilot sets up a lot, so let's get into that. For the benefit of the people who did not just spend the last 40 minutes watching the pilot, what happened, Kamel? Oh, uh, my God, a lot does happen in this pilot. I guess you can do that, you know, when you have narration, you can get a lot done in 40 minutes. Basically, 
she's a high schooler. She's the, one of the cool guys. It's her ex-boyfriend. They're rich. She befriends a new kid. We find out her mom left her dad because her dad bungled the case of her best friend being murdered. But the dad's also been continuing the investigation on his own. She helps her dad with his private investigating. And at the end, she basically decides she wants to figure out who killed her best friend, support her dad in that, who sexually assaulted her, why her mom disappeared, because it seems like the mom's car was with the friend's dad, who her, her dad thought had, had <laughs> murdered her best friend. I feel like I've done a great job. No, you're, you're doing good. So we, we've got Veronica, who is our heroine, the, the pint-sized private eye. We've got her dad, Keith Mars, her dead friend, Lily Kane. Who are some of the other characters who popped out to you uh, over the course of this? Wallace is obviously her new friend. It seems like they're going to be partners in solving this. Um, her ex-boyfriend, Blake, is that right? Duncan. Duncan. But it might as well uh, be Blake. Right, right. He's a total Blake. So so Duncan, who's a total Blake, seems like he's going to be a character because it feels like he still has some sympathy for her. Then it seems like the ex-boyfriend of her dead friend is going to be one of the antagonists. He's a bad rich kid. And That's Logan, she... the one who smashed up her car. Logan. Right. And so you've got sort of the gang of the rich people. Then you've got the gang of the not rich people. Uh, who sort of comes to her rescue at the end because they owe her the... Uh, what's his name? The leader of that gang? That's Weevil. Weevil. So it seems to me her dad obviously is going to be a major character the entire time. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me Wallace is going to be a major character the entire time. Uh, I don't know if if Weevil is going to stay. I don't know if Logan is going to be a big character. And I don't know how Major Duncan is going to be. But it seems to me right now, Veronica Mars, Keith Mars, Wallace... That's going to be the core of the show. Okay, so what did you think of the pilot? I thought it was really, really good. I was a little surprised. You know, it sort of starts off um, with the sort of uh, narration that we've seen in a lot of, like, high school stuff, where it's like, these are the cool kids. These are the not cool kids. This is where I am. This is what the history is. This is what they're like. And then it really goes to some pretty dark places. Um, obviously, there's murder, but then, you know, the sexual assault. So, so it, it's a lot darker than I thought it was going to be from what I'd sort of heard about it and also from watching the first few minutes. Um, I think she's a fantastic character because she's obviously very smart and she's, you, you could see she's sort of this badass, sarcastic wisecracker but you also see obviously the hurt inside so i think she is a fantastic character yeah i mean Kristen bell i, I she'd done i think a couple of episodes of deadwood before this and that was about it and then she that's came. right i've seen her in deadwood yeah and then she came and did this and is amazing like right away she has to do so much because she's like this you know adorable little blonde high schooler and she's got to be convincingly hard-boiled and do the narration and seem tough and seem vulnerable and all these things and, and she does it I was going to say one other weird detail is the new sheriff who's the who's the who's a bad guy. Yes. Loves Wizard of Oz. That's a nice detail. <laughs> He's constantly making Wizard of Oz references. There's a lot of just old-timey like dialogue and references in general like Logan starts quoting the Beach Boys and when Weevil tells him to apologize to Veronica he says rub a lamp which sounds like something like a tough guy would say in a 40s movie. Is that like an Aladdin reference? Yeah, like I think it's like you want to make a wish rub a lamp. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was really, really 
well done, covers a lot of ground, really sets up some interesting stuff. Do you generally like the film noir or hard-boiled detective stories? When I was a kid, I was big, big into detective stuff. So I read a lot of Sherlock Holmes, a lot of Agatha Christie, watched a lot of Matlock and, uh, <laughs> and a lot of Perry Mason. And I know there's a new Perry Mason and I'm excited to see it. But I was a little disappointed to hear that it's got that it's like very dark and gritty and current. I kind of wanted like old school fun Perry Mason. Um, but but it I'm is not to watch that. It. it is not I'm that. A, but I'm like, why call it Perry Mason then? Just call it something else. I was excited. I was like, all right, shut my brain off. Watch something fun. Watch some bad guys get some comeuppance. And it's like, nope, I guess that's going on the post-vaccine list as well. Now, what high school shows have you liked to watch previously? Is that a genre you usually enjoy? Not my favorite genre, although I will say Freaks and Geeks is one of my favorite shows of all time. And I Same. think that that's that's hard to beat. Um, so I would say Freaks and Geeks. Uh, but I would say, no, high school movies and high school TV shows are not my my jam. In fact, during quarantine, Emily's been trying to catch me up on some some high school stuff that I missed. You know, she showed me Breakfast Club pretty recently. I'd never seen Breakfast Club. I hated high school so much that the last thing I wanted to do when I was not at high school was watch stuff about high school. Even like, you know, decades after. It was such a traumatic experience for me that I'm not excited about revisiting it in any form. But now I think I'm sort of uh, a little more open to it. So how did it feel having the, the typical high school stuff blended in with the murder, with the sexual assault, with the mystery of her mother and everything else, and just all the all these other genre elements smashed together. You know, it's one of those things, I'm always like looking for tone and stuff, and I think that that's very, very hard to pull off. I thought that this show did a really, really good job of negotiating all these different tones and worlds in a way that felt cohesive. Because it feels real, the stakes are real, it's still funny, it still feels sort of light. You know, if you describe this show, it's it's somebody trying to figure out who murdered their best friend and who sexually assaulted them. That sounds like a much darker show than it is. I thought Tonally did a good job. Yeah, I remember watching this pilot 16 years ago. And when you get to the scene, the flashback where you find out like that she was roofied and assaulted at this party, I like I was not ready for that at all. It did not seem like the show that was promised to me. And yet it ultimately really worked. Yeah, I mean, it. I can't imagine anything darker than that, you know. It really is sort of a miracle that it pulls all these different tones together. And it doesn't feel like whiplash, you know. And I think it was well done because you sort of ease into it. She sets it up. She's like, I want to find out how I lost my virginity. And so then you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is going to be a bad story. And then you sort of build up to that. I think it's done... At least in my opinion, it's done very tastefully. Yeah, I think it does a good job of, of going between these different worlds. Uh, speaking of different worlds, the, uh, Veronica sets up very early on in the pilot that this, that this town, Neptune, has no middle class. It's either like one percenters or their servants, which feels really relevant now, even more than it did back then. Yeah, I know it really does. And I think a great little detail is that a lot of the one percenters became one percenters because her dead friend's dad, who was the major suspect, basically made them rich because they all worked for him, etc. It certainly is. Obviously, class stuff is really, really in the conversation right now. Obviously, the quarantine has really highlighted that. But even if you look at, you know, I mean, Parasite was the movie that won at the last Oscars we'll ever have. So (laughs) I think class stuff is really, really in the conversation right now. The show feels very relevant, as is, you know, there's some stuff about racism in there, obviously, and sexual assault as well. I feel like all this stuff is stuff that we're really 
uh, reckoning with. Uh, I had also forgotten until I rewatched the the, the pilot that uh, Lily's dad, Jake Kane, got rich by inventing streaming video, which seemed a nice touch for while we're watching it like via streaming video. Exactly. He invented streaming video. That's a lot. And he's <laughs> only a millionaire. I think they clarify later on how wealthy he is, but J- Jake is quite powerful, I believe. Yeah, he seems he seems powerful. Where would you guess the story goes from here? Can you first tell me, is this cheating to ask, how many we, so they did two seasons, and then since then, I know they did a movie, did they do another season? How much have they done? Okay, there were three seasons in the original run, then they were canceled, then there was a movie years later, then there was a season on Hulu last year. How much time between the movie and the season? Uh, the movie was, I think, 2014, and then the Hulu season was 2019, and the last season okay. of the original one was 2007, so there have been gaps. Okay, so here's my guess, okay? Right. It got canceled three seasons in, which leads me to believe that they did not solve all of the mystery. Okay. Then, if they did a movie, I would think that that movie's job would be to wrap up the whole mystery, find out what happened. Okay. Then they did another season after that, which my guess would be, based on the fact that they're like, oh, we only have one movie, we got to wrap everything up, that the new season would then possibly be a completely unrelated new mystery. Okay. I remember something about Kristen Bell at some point saying that some big reveal or twist had to happen, which makes me think that some big reveal or twist was something that the fans found controversial. The other thing I know is, isn't like Ken Marino or Ryan Hansen in the show at some point? Yes, they are both in the show at some point. Right, because they're like the party down crew. Yes. Uh, uh, which So I would say you solved the mystery. I would think that the dad, the bad dad, the rich dad, Jake, is the one who committed the murder, but then that seems quite obvious. But it could be someone else committed the murder. His son did, her brother, her ex-boyfriend, and then the dad's covering up for him. Okay. By, okay. And then the dad has something on the guy who took the fall. These are my guesses. Okay. In an alternate universe where you can have your pick of any character on the show, who would you want to play? Who would I want to play? Wow. So far, honestly, if my age and race are completely flexible, I'd love to play Enrico's part, but he's so good. Wallace, he's great too. I I would play one of those too. And is there a role on the show that you could imagine one of your former co-stars playing really well? Like someone from Silicon Valley or one of your movies? Or Franklin and Bash? So now... Makes me think, is Martin Starr on this show at all? Because I know he's in the Party Down crew, so he obviously knows Rob and everybody else. Does Martin ever show up? I can't say. Okay. I think Martin would be great on the show. Okay. Just taking a break from the conversation here to remind you that we at the Too Long Didn't Watch podcast strive for factual accuracy whenever possible. And earlier, when I told Kumail that Veronica used a Suzuki Sidekick smartphone, I was, of course, conflating it with the former sport utility vehicle manufactured by Suzuki. Let's ask our Google Assistant to see if we can find out who made the phone. Hey, Google, what cell phone was called the Sidekick? According to Wikipedia, the Danger Hip Tub, also rebranded as the T-Mobile Sidekick, Mobiflip and Sharp Jump is a smartphone that was produced by Danger, Inc. from 2002 to 2010. And there you have it. It was the T-Mobile Sidekick. Thanks again, Google Assistant. Now, you mentioned this is a complicated thing. This is the first time we've done this with a show that ended and then came back. So ordinarily, like, it's been pretty easy. We watched the pilot, then we watched the last episode. But here, the show ends... 
goes away, has a movie, then years after that has another season. So you've watched some shows I know that like ended and then came back later like Deadwood. So if you were running this podcast and we were doing Deadwood, would you say that we should watch the pilot and the last episode or the pilot and the movie? I would say the pilot in the last episode of Deadwood. Okay. This was very hotly debated because we thought we could do the Hulu finale and like have this 16 year gap between episodes. But ultimately, I think we felt that the CW finale, the, the end of season three, is the conclusion, at least of this phase of Veronica Mars and the last episode with her as a young woman. So that's what we're going to watch. Very, very interesting. So not the movie and not the finals. Okay, so now this makes me revise some of my predictions. All right, we'll talk about the movie and the Hulu season in a little bit, but are you ready to see the last episode of Veronica Mars as it was originally constructed? Let's do it. All right, let's watch The Bitches Back. Veronica, there's something you should know. There's a video of you. Am I singing karaoke? That's Logan. That's you and Piss having sex. Uh, that's not possible. We haven't had sex. You have lab in like five minutes? Are you grilling me? I gotta take this. Hello? Suzuki sidekick. There you go. You want what? I'm back for office hours. We're talking about this. Is that a girl? Yeah, it was obviously something. It was a person climbing over the wall. <laughs> Mr. Harvey, Amateur mistake by Veronica Mars. Yeah. Take someone awfully small to break in through a doggy door. There are a lot of loose sweaters in the world. Spoken like a public defender, Veronica. If you're in trouble. Oh, he does not like public defenders. <laughs> I can tell you, but What makes you think? Veronica's plates were registered at the guard gate. Her in and out times match the time of the robbery. She's small enough. Her smallness is the big part of the show. This episode, at least. Listen, man, I'm truly sorry. <laughs> I like someone beating someone up and then immediately apologizing to the last person he beat up. Huh. Okay. That was Veronica Mars. Wow. So that was very different from what I had anticipated. A lot of questions. Her dad's reinstated as sheriff, so he must have done something right in the murder case. She looks at the picture of her ex-boyfriend as if he's either dead or unavailable, like in jail. And then that one guy just almost to talk about his dad and his uncle chopping up two bodies and she's like you know what let's not i, I don't want <laughs> this is beyond the scope of this current investigation hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So what have I, what did I miss? We'll get to that in a little bit, but first, what did you just watch? What happened in this finale? Uh, she basically finds out that someone made a tape of her hooking up with her boyfriend, and the whole episode is her trying to track down who did it, and then she's led to this secret frat society. 
And in that fright society, she gets the names of all the people who've ever been in the society, and she realizes that this fright society keeps uh, track of everyone's secrets as a way to blackmail them so that they don't reveal the secrets of the society. Uh, Jake, her dead friend's dad, is involved in this scheme. Uh, Her dad is running for sheriff, and at the end is correctly in trouble for getting rid of evidence. So you seem surprised that A, it wasn't dealing with the murder of Lily Kane, but B, that it was a self-contained episode, right? Yes, that it was mostly a self-contained episode, but that at the end it sort of hints at some bigger stuff going on. But yeah, it was it was pretty self-contained. I thought that that mystery would stretch through the entire run of the show. I can say that the Lily Kane murder is solved by the end of season one. That's the entirety of the first season, as she investigates little cases cool. while looking into her friend's murder. Season two, there is a new murder that they investigate over the whole year, and then that proved kind of difficult to do a second time. So for season three, when they go to college... They do eight or nine episodes on one case, eight or nine episodes on another case, and the last handful of episodes as an experiment, they started doing standalone mysteries like this just to see if that worked any better. Wow, interesting. So now it makes sense because of the X-Files, I've gotten used to this idea of single storylines stretching over years and years. So I assumed that this is what this was going to be. But yeah, it's pretty much a standalone episode. Yeah, Jake Kane comes back. I don't think he'd been on the show in quite some time. And Is that right? That's why I, I felt like when we saw the picture of her dead friend that this was going to like, it felt like, oh, we, this is a storyline we haven't visited in a while. Yeah, so even though the, the mystery is mostly standalone, they bring the show kind of full circle in the event of cancellation by bringing back Jake Kane and, and having Keith able to run for sheriff again. Isn't her dad already sheriff? He is acting sheriff. A few episodes before this, Don Lamb, the jerky sheriff from the pilot, is killed abruptly for reasons that I don't think anyone has ever quite understood. Okay, okay, okay. So, But that means that he's gotten in, in enough like good graces of the town to even be acting yes, sheriff. Yes, exactly. The episode, a lot of it is her meeting new people that I assume we haven't met. Yes, like exactly. The guy with the fun name who says that his dad and his <laughs> uncle <laughs> shredded two bodies with a smile on his face. But how did you feel? You noticed there's several references in the finale to Veronica and Logan having dated in between the pilot right. and now. In the pilot, he's a bad dude. He's smashing up her car. He's threatening her. And now she's like the love of his life and he's beating people up on her behalf. How do you feel about that? Well, there was a moment, I thought, in the pilot where, because Logan has been pretty bad. Uh, you know, I said that he was almost like a cartoony antagonist in the first episode. But there was a moment when he sort of was like, why are you doing this to her? Why are you doing this to her family about the the dead friend? And that, I was like, okay, so he's got some glimmer of something. Like, he could have some sort of redemption thing going on. So... Uh, surprising, but honestly, not that surprising, because obviously high school shows sort of do that, you know, where people sort of date everybody. Yeah, and it's like the bad guy gets redeemed eventually, and so, you know, like, that yeah. became the main hook of the show for a long time. Fans, they they came up with a shipper name where they took the L-O from Logan and the V-E from Veronica, and they became love. Was it a will they won't they for a long time? A little bit because because uh, Duncan is kind of lurking in the background there, and also Veronica rightly hates him because he is really a cartoon villain for a number of episodes. And I know some people who have never been quite convinced that he should have been a romantic interest for her. But uh, eventually they get together, then they break up again, then they get together, then they they are broken up, and she is dating Piz at the time of this finale. 
I got to tell you, I have a real love-hate with shippers, the whole concept of it. Tell me. Well, it's love-hate without the love, I would say. <laughs> um, I, I don't, this idea of fans being able to sort of demanding what they want characters in their shows to do, and I think we've seen that specific thing play out. I have more specific thoughts on this, but uh, I think it's best <laughs> to move on at this point. Fair enough. All right, so when they made this episode, they didn't know for sure if they were going to be canceled, but it was a reasonable guess because it was the lowest rated show, I think, in network TV. It had been for both of the two seasons on UPN, and it only survived at the CW because the head of the network liked it and figured they would give it one more chance. Uh, and so they wrote this as an ending, and it's very much a film noir ending where Veronica ruins her father's career again, and he's not going to get elected, and then she walks off into the rain I know a lot of people at the time were upset about this. They found it kind of a downer ending. How, how do you feel about it, thinking of it as a possible ending for the show, pretending that the movie and the other season don't exist? I guess I feel like I would want more. The ending to me didn't feel completely uh, tied up with a boat. Not that I generally love those. I would want a little bit more closure on just the dad storyline. Like to me, if it's truly noir, like he's in trouble, you know, go one way or the other. Either he's completely off the hook or, wow, this is pretty bleak and now he's kind of, he's in actual real trouble. He's going to do time. If that was the end of the show forever, I would be a little unsatisfied. And what's interesting is I, I have not watched the movie in its entirety in a while, but while he, he's not sheriff anymore in the movie, he's back to being a private detective again, but I don't think that they address how he avoided jail or if he avoided jail, so... This is when I would ask you what happens in the movie, but I know that there's a format. Yes, you... there's a format, and we're actually going to get to the next bit of the format. So at this point, we're going to connect the dots with some multiple choice questions about things you missed, starting with things from the actual original run of the show. Okay. So who killed Lily Kane? Was it A, her brother Duncan, B, Veronica's mother, or C, Logan's father? Logan's father? Where's that coming from? Oh my God. Uh, well, now that you say that, it seems, okay. So uh, my initial guess was the, was the brother and the mother has not been in the picture. I feel like if they were doing the end of the show in their heads, there would have been some reference to the mother. If they're nodding to the original, to the original storyline, then I would guess the brother because they make a big moment, moment of seeing that picture. All right, let's take a look. I want those tapes back. Mr. Eccles, hi. Sorry, Logan's oh, not okay. here. Logan's dad, I guess. Yeah, it's Harry Hamlin as Logan's movie star dad, Aaron Eccles. Oh, because they mentioned him in the... That he's the... He's the daddy who took the T-bird away. Yeah, and the first time when we meet Logan, she says, you've probably seen his dad's movies. Yes, so Harry Hamlin appears a bunch throughout the season. I was going to say, I've never seen that character, so I didn't assume it would be, yeah. it would be him, so... Listen, I'm not giving myself a point for that, but I'm not giving myself a demerit either. No, because you did. As soon as I mentioned a character you hadn't seen, you got suspicious. So your instincts, I think, were good on that front. Yeah, yeah, I should have gone with that. What happened to the brother? Actually, let's do that right now. Um, Veronica's ex-boyfriend, Duncan, was the one original cast member who doesn't make it to the final season. How did the show write him out? A, he was also murdered by Logan's father. B, he fled to Mexico with his illegitimate baby. Or C, he went to prison for drug smuggling. Okay. You had said that in season two, they did two different, they did a completely different murder. Yeah. Seems crazy. Drug smuggling or illegal baby? Um, 
It's one of those two, I would guess. Let's go illegal baby. I mean, uh, not illegal baby. <laughs> Illegitimate but... baby, yeah. Here we go. Ooh, you pay better than your mom. You ready to see your daddy? Hey, there's a baby there. Is <laughs> that Ken Marino in the back? That was Ken Marino as Vinnie Van Lowe, the town's other private eye who is running against Keith in the sheriff election in the finale. Okay, okay. Okay, so I got that one. There we go. All right. Near the end of season three, Veronica Mars creator Rob Thomas knew that the show was on the bubble for renewal. So he filmed a pilot presentation for a radically different version of the series in the hope the CW would pick that up. What job does Veronica have in the pilot presentation? A, she's a crusading investigative reporter. B, she's an FBI agent. Or C, she's a Royal Canadian Mountie. I would say uh, Mountie feels too far away from the world that they're in, although it is quirky and the show's quirky. Investigative reporter feels too close to the world they're in. It's 50-50. I'll go FBI. All right, let's play clip four. I'm Veronica Mars. I'm new. Yeah! FBI. Good call. Got it. <laughs> See? There you go. So he shot he shot that pilot. No, it's just like a 12-minute presentation. It's a couple of scenes. I hear you. You know, they, yeah. they called in some favors. It was just to sort of give them a taste of what it would be like. Unfortunately, the CW didn't buy the idea. So Veronica Mars goes away. Years after the show was canceled, Rob Thomas launched a Kickstarter campaign for a fan-funded Veronica Mars movie, which Warner Brothers released in 2014. So in the movie, Veronica returns to Neptune to investigate the murder of Logan's new girlfriend. The killer is actually played by one of your former co-stars, Kumail. So you may know this. I'm, uh, let's find out. Is it A, Brecken Meyer, B, Thomas Middleditch, C, Zoe Kazan, or D, Martin Starr? I would guess it's either Brecken or Martin. When you had asked me one of your co-stars, you first said Silicon Valley, then you said Franklin Bash. So now I'm trying to do some sort of <laughs> gaming. I know, obviously, Martin is in that world. He knows Rob. Him and Kristen are good friends. Obviously from, you know, she was in Party Down as well. So it's either Brecken or Martin. I'll say Martin. All right, let's find out. Yes! That's Martin Starr, ladies and gentlemen. Gia could have really used some curtains in here. Listen, he can play a bad guy really well. I hope you don't mind a little mood music. Oh. <laughs> I've seen him play, like, a scary guy. He's great. Yeah, Martin plays a former uh, high school classmate of theirs who we never saw before uh, in the run of the show, and a lot of the movie takes place around their 10-year high school reunion, and so that's how he gets involved, and he turns out to be the killer. All right, so they make the movie. Years later, the gang got together for a new season on Hulu, which aired last year. Veronica in this show is now an adult sharing the detective business with her father. The season ends with a shocking death that upset many Veronica Mars fans. Who died? A. Logan, B. Wallace, or C. Veronica's dad? It seems to me, this is obviously the shocking thing that she was talking about, and she said it had to happen. I feel like if she's sharing the office with her dad, it would make sense that her dad would die, so then she sort of takes his place. Don't think it's Wallace. I don't know why. Logan would be a good <laughs> fuck you to the shipments. <laughs> um, I will say, I will say her dad dies. All right, so let's find out. Logan! 
No, 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 no. I got it wrong. Uh, R.I.P. Logan. I knew it was Logan or her dad. Yeah. Well, I did tell you that, like, a lot of the fans of the show, this was all they cared about. So when Veronica Mars right. killed off Logan, a lot of them said, like, I'm never going to watch again. And if you'd seen the season, one of the things that happens is they're now in a very healthy relationship and it becomes like an, almost a storytelling <laughs> issue. Like Logan has gotten his act together somehow. He's in therapy. And so it's like Veronica has a healthy and jacked boyfriend at home. Um, like th where's, th where's necessarily the drama in that for her as the film noir detective? If I had known that, then I would have guessed that Logan would, would die. Now, I, obviously you've only seen five seconds there of the Hulu season, but in this, she's an adult. In the movie, she's an adult. How much of the appeal of the show, or at least the concept of it, comes from the fact that, like, it's a teenage girl getting into all of these problems? I mean, obviously, that's a big part of the hook of the show, right? I, I imagine that was, like, the pitch. It was, like, a girl in high school solves crimes. But I think Kristen Bell is such an appealing performer. And with a lot of shows, I find, you know, in the beginning, it's like a premise thing, and that's the hook. And then you sort of lose that premise and the characters. So I would say, yeah, I, I don't think the appeal of the show is, at least to me, from what I've seen, diminished after she graduates. All right. So was this a good way to experience the series, just seeing these two episodes? Yeah, I think it really was, because Veronica Mars, for some reason, even though I'm a fan of everyone involved in the show, fan of the creator... It just hadn't been on my list to watch, to go through all of it. It was an interesting way to experience the show, particularly because, as you said, the format of the show had changed so much over the course of the three seasons. It was interesting to see how sort of shows evolve. Do you feel like you ever need to see any more? Or do you feel like you've got it now? You've had your Veronica Mars experience. Listen, I'm friends with so many people on the show, you know, Ken, Ryan, Martin, now that I know so much about it, I don't think I would. Again, you know, I'm not, I don't love high school stuff. I know that that's a very arbitrary and broad description of things. Um, if I'm going to do a show about a girl in high school kicking butt, I think Buffy would be next on my list. So I, I really loved watching what I saw of Veronica Mars, but I don't think I'll be, I'll, I'll watch the whole series because I know so much about it. That's fair. And when we finished watching the pilot and you started speculating what was going to happen next year with Veronica Mars, you assumed it was going to take maybe until the movie for them to solve the Lily Kane murder. And in fact, it's solved at the end of the first season. In hindsight, do you feel like that's better? Or do you think that the show should have kept it going longer with that case? As if I was a viewer of the show, yeah. I would have found it more satisfying uh, the way it happened, which was that they solved the murder in the, in the end of the first season. I, I do find it sort of frustrating when it, they promise it'll be solved and then it's not solved. And there's some examples of that. As someone just watching the first episode and the last episode, I would have rather had it so that it was the... The mystery that's set up in the first episode is resolved three years later. Yeah. Just because for me, that would have been a little more satisfying to watch in this way. Yes, as opposed to me showing um, you a five-second clip of Harry Hamlin angrily walking towards a pool. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's a new guy, I guess, and he, he killed him. Um, you know, but I will say, I, I think I prefer what Veronica Mars did, which is sort of one big bad, which is sort of what Doctor Who does as well. Yeah. Um, and different from how X-Files does it, because, you know, obviously X-Files is my favorite show of all time. Um, but I think sometimes when you stretch one of these stories past what they naturally want to be, it, it, you just have to start introducing complications uh, and start withholding um, information and start adding twists that just really... 
I think, uh, break down the integrity of that of that story. Finally, before we go, do you have any unanswered questions? Because the pilot introduces a lot of stuff and then we jumped all the way to the finale. Uh, yeah. Who solves the murder of Lily King? Veronica solves the murder. Veronica always solves the cases. Keith is involved a little bit, but it's mainly her. Okay. I think I did fairly well on the multiple choice. I figured for sure you were going to get Martin Starr because when you asked me earlier if he was on the show, I kind of froze right. and said I can't answer that. So I thought I'd given away the game right there. Right. No, I, I thought that you were being sneaky and I didn't know which direction <laughs> you were being sneaky. In. But I sort of remember something about him being on the show. And I remember Martin wanting to play... Uh, sort of bad guys around that time. No, he's very he's very good in the movie. He's always good. He's always really good. So, Kumail, thank you so much for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I had a blast. Oh, the show mentioned Kobayashi Maru. That's pretty impressive. There, there's always some good nerd references on Veronica Mars. So it's one of the many yeah. reasons I loved that show when it was on. I thought it was really, really good. And it was just a fun way to experience it. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to Rolling Stone and OBB Sounds Too Long Didn't Watch, presented by Google Assistant. I'm Alan Seppenwall. See you next time, Marshmallows. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the foolishness you just heard, we'd like to ask you to do the same things that all podcasts ask you for. Please like, subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting platform. And please spread the word to anyone else you know who might enjoy it, too. This has been OBB Sound and Rolling Stones Too Long Didn't Watch, brought to you by Google Assistant and hosted by me, Alan Seppenwall. Executive produced by Michael D. Ratner, Scott Ratner, Elias Tanner, and Alyssa Walker of OBB Sound, a division of OBB Media, and Gus Winner of Rolling Stone. Co-executive produced by Arlen Konopaki and Grace Delia of OBB Sound, and Bridget Chelsea and Maria Fontora of Rolling Stone. The production was engineered by Evan Menick and Daniel Wanacott. Edited, mixed, and mastered by Michael Capuano. Sound designed by Michael Capuano. Original music by Daniel Wanacott. Production assistants were Jennifer Spots and Raquel Dominguez.